Do you remember the alpha and gamma variants of COVID? According to a new study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, early coronavirus variants are circulating among New York State deer. It's not clear how the virus is passing from humans to deer, but feeding wildlife and baiting prey could be transmission risk factors. This is Pulse Check. I'm Megan Messerly. Some Republicans and Democrats on the Energy and Commerce Health Subcommittee are finding common ground in a proposal that would prohibit the use of the metric known as quality-adjusted life years in federal programs, saying that it discriminates against people with disabilities. The metric is used to determine how much they improve patients' lives and whether treatments are cost-effective. Frank Pallone, the ranking member of the full Energy and Commerce panel, called the legislation, quote, a solution in search of a problem and raised concerns that it could stymie drug pricing negotiation efforts under the Inflation Reduction Act by potentially banning all other kinds of ways of measuring a drug's value. The European Center for Disease Prevention and Control is considering adding RSV to its list of notifiable diseases in an effort to better understand how the virus circulates and better detect seasonal trends in its spread. This would require EU countries collecting national RSV surveillance data to electronically transfer them to the Agency for Analysis and Interpretation. The move comes as drug makers are continuing to develop vaccines that would protect against RSV. While the virus typically causes cold-like symptoms, it can cause severe disease in young kids, elderly adults, and those with weakened immune systems. And this week, the Federal Trade Commission took action against drug discount platform GoodRx. Ruth Reeder is here to break it all down. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. So what is GoodRx accused of doing? GoodRx is being accused of sharing customer health data without consent or without letting people know that it was sharing that data with third parties like Facebook, Google, Critio is another one that was listed, but basically advertising platforms. Mm. What it did was like pretty common practice advertising. Like a lot of health brands use information about their customers to advertise. In the case of GoodRx, obviously that information is like what medications somebody might be searching for or what kinds of health conditions they might be seeking um, treatment for. And so that data about somebody's personal health and that's tethered to them, that's sort of like what's under debate here. That's so interesting. And so how rare is it for the FTC to actually take enforcement action like this? So it's it's sort of a funny action, actually, because it's very new. So... What the FTC has done is invoked this rule called the Health Breach Notification Rule. And this is this rule from 2009. What got incorporated into this bill was the High Tech Act, and that was this big act that was supposed to usher in this whole era of digitizing health records and pushing more and more of the healthcare industry online to make data more accessible and more usable and all the all these things, right? So as part of that, there was some recognition that as everything moves online and everything moves to the cloud and gets digitized, like not all that data is necessarily going to be able to stay within the health record, right? So like that's the thing that you get when you go to the doctor, your doctor puts in your health information, what conditions you have, what drugs they're treating you with. And that data that lives inside of healthcare institutions, that's protected by a rule known as HIPAA, which I think everybody in the health industry knows what HIPAA is, right? So this 
health breach notification rule was created for any health data that might fall outside of HIPAA and also is not sort of like otherwise governed by HHS. So what about data that doesn't necessarily fall under HIPAA? Well, what do we do about that? That's sort of what this rule was meant to deal with. So in the event that, say, a advertising platform or even a company like GoodRx, let's say that a company like GoodRx gets hacked, customer data is leaked. Well, under this rule, GoodRx is supposed to communicate to customers that that data has been affected. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of like, I believe that was sort of its original intention, but it's very vaguely worded. So it's hard to know exactly what it was, you know, how it was being construed, other than it was just meant to protect this data that they knew would exist, but didn't fully know the context for yet, right? Because this was all very new. And so what has happened is that since September 2021, the FTC has been releasing these policy statements that indicate it wants to flesh out what exactly this health breach notification rule means. And so there have been three documents that they published where they've said, well, this applies to mobile apps. This applies to wearables. This applies to companies that are collecting really any kind of health data at all. And it's sort of been expanding perhaps the scope of the rule in the lead up to this action. So that's why this action is is on the one hand, not very surprising in some ways, right? Because they've been signaling that they're thinking about this data, right? Um, on the other hand, since 2009, the FTC has never used the health breach notification rule. So that's what makes it particularly new, I guess. That's so interesting. So like we've known this is on the horizon, but now we're actually seeing it come to fruition and play out in practice. So what kinds of penalties is GoodRx facing here? The company is facing a civil penalty of $1.5 million for violating the, for violating the FTC Act. Um, and then it's got to do a couple of things. So the first thing it has to do is it has been banned from sharing customer health data going forward with third parties. Like, cannot even get affirmative consent for sharing that data with third parties for advertising purposes, I should specify. Mm. Can't do it. So that's one thing. And that's kind of big, actually. <laughs> because as I said earlier, you know, it's pretty common right now, and not as far as I know, not illegal, to, you know, use customer data to advertise to them. The second thing it will have to do is it will have to make sure that all the third parties that it previously shared customer data with delete that data. They have to get rid of whatever they have. And that sort of also puts the onus on those companies to ensure that they do delete that data because the FTC is going to be looking at them and saying, hey, we know that you have this data. So by keeping it, they would be opening themselves up to scrutiny, right? And then I think the other thing that they have to do is they have to implement they have to implement new privacy protections for their users such that this basically doesn't happen again and that the FTC feels that their uh, data management practices are keeping user data safe. So those are sort of like the main outcomes of that action. So what is GoodRx's response to all of this? So GoodRx doesn't think it's done anything wrong here. So it it definitely thinks that this rule is being used in a novel way and maybe doesn't apply. However, 
it is agreeing to settle and it is agreeing to essentially pay the fine and take the actions that the FTC has asked for. So what's next here? So the first thing is, in order for this action to go forward, the court actually needs to agree to it. So the court order has been submitted, and now we're waiting, right, to see if this holds water and can go forward. And then after that, it's sort of an interesting landscape because the FTC has signaled now that it is going to continue to take actions like these. So that opens up a whole host of companies to this kind of action. And so it'll be really interesting to see kind of who the FTC goes after next. A big picture thing to keep in mind here is that the FTC has been talking about for a while how it thinks it's its authority to regulate commercial surveillance and data practices in general. They've signaled this through policy documents, and this has sort of been like a key agenda item for them. So as a part of that, in addition to taking these actions, these future actions against individual companies, what we're also going to see is potentially new rules. So last year, they filed an advanced notice of proposed rulemaking having to do with commercial surveillance specifically. This is so fascinating. I learned so much today. Thank you so much, Ruth, for walking me through this. Thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Megan Musserly. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 